What's up, you guys? It's your girl, Jay Tan, and holy crap, we are now in the double digits of the hustle theory. We are on our 10th freaking episode, and I can't believe we are almost halfway through the freaking year. I don't know why time always just blows my mind. Sometimes I'll just be daydreaming, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, I started high school 10 years ago. Like, that's insane. And I'm so sorry if I made anyone who's older than me feel even older. I promise that wasn't my intention. I just always have these moments where I remember a memory so vividly and it just makes me feel so much gratitude to think about how much I've grown, the amazing people who have been brought into my life, and just everything I've experienced. Time just flies by and I always get butterflies thinking about how much more life we all have to live. And yes, that goes for everyone who's 25, 30, even 50 years old. If I have any 50-year-olds listening to this podcast, that'd be super dope. You all still have so much life ahead of you. Like, the guy who founded KFC was, like, 65 years old, so don't ever let anyone fool you into thinking you're too old or even too young for anything. And it still feels so surreal that I decided to finally start a podcast this year, I honestly have been so proud of every episode I've been able to share with you guys and so thankful for all the guests that were willing to share a piece of themselves through this podcast. And, of course, we'll always, always, always feel an overwhelming amount of gratitude for everyone who has tuned in. Please continue to tune in every other Wednesday. Share this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate this podcast and leave a review. And most importantly, please continue to share what you thought of these episodes. The most fulfilling part of this whole journey has been connecting with you guys and hearing how an episode has impacted you. Both episodes for this month are especially near and dear to me because they will be covering something that, unfortunately, so many people I know struggle with, and even I struggle with, and that is mental health, specifically depression. While, yes, it sucks that so many people struggle with this, I think another way to look at this situation is that you aren't alone. There are so many people out there that are going through the same thing, you know? You never are alone. No matter what you're going through, I promise you, there's always someone out there who cares and wants to be there for you. Whether you're dealing with depression, anxiety, ADHD, addiction, substance abuse, and or more. Never feel ashamed about your mental health. This is a safe space and I want everyone listening to know that you have support. We are all growing and changing and the person you were 10 seconds ago doesn't have to be who you are now. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is why our two episodes this month will be centralized around mental health. And as you saw from the title, today's episode is How to Cope with Depression for Free. So there are are a ton of directions we could have gone with this episode since there's just so much to discuss and I'll be honest I'm hoping one day I am but as of right now I'm just not fully comfortable yet sharing every detail of my battles with depression and I say battles because for some people even if they might be doing better at the moment depression can be an ongoing war in their lives 
Some days I win my battles, but others I might lose. It can be a roller coaster, but that doesn't mean it's hopeless. Because, like I said, some days you do win. And the thing is, with having to live with depression, is while you might not overcome it for life, you want to at least increase the amount of times you're winning your battles versus losing. So, of course, disclaimer, I am not a professional by any means. What I say in this episode may not be true for everyone, and what I share with you guys that worked for me may not work for you, since nobody in this world is the same exact person with the same exact experiences. So, growing up, we didn't have a lot, and mental health was not an open topic to discuss. So, getting help for mental health always felt like a luxury for me. Professional help can be expensive, and unfortunately, not everyone is able to choose paying for their mental health versus paying for their groceries this week, which is a flaw in our healthcare system, but that is just another topic to discuss. But I'll be sharing four tips that have helped me. However, none of these tips can replace meeting and engaging with a professional that can properly diagnose you and get you what you need. These have been some things that have to that have helped me get through some of the toughest times until I was able to seek that professional help. So my goal for this episode is to share with you guys four tips that have helped me cope help me cope with depression and that can hopefully help you as well. So number one is intentionally release your emotions. I know it sounds so simple, but the key here is intentionally. When we're feeling something, whether it's sadness, anger, etc., of course we release our emotions by crying, listening to music that reflects our mood, among other things. But next time you recognize you're in a depressive state, recognize that and release that emotion by having the same routine for when this happens. Like, always listening to your go-to sad boy, sad girl playlist, watching your favorite sad movie or show, creating art that reflects your sadness to release that emotion. It might sound very obvious, but let me tell you, at one point in my life, when I went through depressive states, I actually got angry at myself for being unproductive or feeling off. I would consume myself in work or try to bottle it up and mask it in fake happiness. Something that some people don't know is that in high school, I used to go to so many music festivals and shows. On the weekends, I was partying so much, you guys, you wouldn't even recognize that Jenny if you met me post-high school. But I was always involved in school, I had a job, so I was constantly keeping myself busy. I never allowed myself to feel my emotions. Then the weekend would come and I was out partying with friends that were years older than me and we were getting drunk, doing drugs, and it was just honestly reckless. It was just super reckless. But I was getting my shit done in school and was still able to appear as if everything was okay. But those festivals, those weekends partying were my time to escape what I was really going through. I was rarely ever home. I didn't have a curfew or anything like that. I had no structure. When I got to college... I made my collegiate cheer team, and honestly, <laughs> honestly, some of the older girls scared the shit out of me. They literally probably don't even remember they did this to me, but they gave me a ride to an event, and we had to go to for cheerleading. We had to do, like, appearances. And since I had a bunch of pictures of me at festivals and shows on my Instagram, 
I remember them attacking me with questions like, so Jenny, are you like crazy? And I was like, what? I thought they were just being nice and, you know, wanting to give me a ride because I'm a newbie. And then it totally switched into me feeling like it was a trap to get me in trouble or something. And so they were like, oh, so do you do drugs? Blah, 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 whatever. I obviously freaking lied. I was scared shitless. These were older girls who kind of had that reputation of being, let's just say, more than what others would prefer to handle. And don't get me wrong, other than that specific moment, they were completely fine. But basically, after that, I was like, I'm finally getting a chance to kind of start over and outgrow who I was in high school. So I definitely chilled out in college and really it was for the better. But since I wasn't fully releasing my emotions with intention, I actually was just consuming myself in other work and just filling my plate with anything that I could. I was still stuck in this destructive cycle. I didn't fully accept what I felt until I was maybe my third year of college. That was probably when I truly allowed myself to believe my feelings were valid. That's also probably when I realized I am a lot more emotional than I used to try to make myself out to be. But since I'm able to recognize my emotions, I'm able to allow myself to cry because, dude, it's okay. And even encourage to do so. Let that shit out. I know it seems counterintuitive, but crying is cathartic. You gotta release that sadness somehow. Now, you can't cry forever. I didn't always used to do this, but when I was going through my breakup last year, I literally started to give myself a time limit on how long I would cry because I was catching myself spending like an insanely long period you know, periods of just crying and curled up in a ball in my dark ass room. So I would cry for like 15 minutes, let that shit out. Then I would play that sad girl playlist and either paint, journal, and just other things like that. Then repeat the cycle if needed. Crying, you know, does expend a lot of energy. So try not to do it for long periods of time because when you're battling depression, it's really painful to be left with your own thoughts, am I right? Which is, you know, it's why you need to take that break. It's allowed me to deal with how I'm feeling in a healthy way and now I'm more open to communicating how I feel with others. So that's tip one. Intentionally release your emotions. Don't keep it bottled up. Number two is to refocus your energy. So I just mentioned releasing your emotions in ways like watching a sad movie, creating art that reflects your mood, things like that. And you may think that's refocusing your energy, but actually I now mean refocus your energy to see the good in certain situations. So while you may be refocusing your energy from crying to something else, you aren't refocusing your mind from your sadness. This tip is meant for you to refocus your mindset and take some time away from recognizing pain as, well, as pain. (laughs) I want you to find the beauty in that pain, no matter how hard it may be. This is something that you need to consistently practice in order to be able to do in really tough times. One way to do this is by practicing gratitude. Think about things that make you happy. Journal, write those down. 
I write three things I'm grateful for every morning. When I'm sad, I think about things that make me happy. So I'm current. So I'm currently watching this anime called One Piece, and of course I have to make some sort of anime reference, especially because it was such a recent episode. I can't tell you guys the exact scene, like the exact scene, because I'll ruin it for anyone who wants to watch it. But basically, one of the characters is really upset. A situation happened, and the other character picks him up and goes, "Stop." Thinking about what you lost, and think about what you still have. Let me say that again. Stop thinking about what you lost, and think about what you still have. Yep, I'm telling you guys, anime, it gets deep. It really does. And so, yes, when you're in a state of depression, you're allowed to take time and feel that, but. You cannot forget what you still have that brings you happiness and that needs you to be present. So that's like you know things like your friends and your family, things that you're passionate about. There's always something to be grateful for, even if it feels like you hit rock bottom. There's always something to appreciate. That's why I love sunsets so much. The sky doesn't care about what kind of day you have; it will still set and rise no matter what. And I know it sounds super cheesy, but I will always love my sunsets. And so, I think I mentioned this in another episode, but just in case I haven't, sometimes when you're really going through a tougher episode, it can be hard to think about things to be grateful for. For me, I go back and forth with my insecurities. So, I have this little jar I bought from Hobby Lobby that I filled with Dove chocolates, and I keep sticky notes close by. So, whenever I'm feeling good about myself, I write myself a note like, "I'm thankful for my creative mind," and will replace a piece of chocolate in the jar with my note. On days I don't feel good, I take a note out of the jar. To remind myself of something I said I appreciated before to combat any negative thoughts, and I also take another piece of chocolate because chocolate makes me happy. It's super cheesy, but it's allowed me to appreciate the little things and allows me to let little things bring me happiness. So, what you write on those notes can literally be anything. Maybe instead of the morning, you. Want to write gratitudes in the middle of your day to reground yourself from any stresses that occur. Maybe when you're journaling, you're writing down your emotions and then relabeling them. When you label your thoughts, you're separating yourself from emotions or labels you put on yourself, which makes it easier to manage. This is a mindfulness technique. As you practice labeling your thoughts. You become more aware of your feelings and what you think of yourself in a certain state. Maybe you're down on yourself because you aren't pursuing your dream. Relabel that as fear or judgment. Maybe after you journal those thoughts, you burn them as a symbol of letting them go. Don't feel stupid and do whatever works for you. And just try new things and don't feel like you're doing something wrong if a method doesn't work for you. It's all about trial and error. Just be consistent. When you have a routine for every time you're going through an episode, you'll soon condition your mind to start fighting back in those battles, which will, in turn, allow you to win more battles than you lose. Now, number three, isolate. This also might seem counterintuitive at first, but what I mean is 
Isolate yourself from negativity. If you're going through an episode, now is not the time to go help your best friend with an issue in her toxic relationship that happens every week. Now is not the time to go tell your workplace that you can take on additional tasks that will only overwhelm you. Isolate yourself from anything that is only depleting your energy in a negative way. I know all of you empaths are like, but but the world needs me. I'm not saying don't do anything for others. I just want you to be careful about who you're doing things for. You need to recognize when you're in a self-sacrificing relationship. We all have that one person in our lives that just takes and takes and takes with very little return. These are not the people who you should be focusing your already limited energy on. If you're in the drive-thru and want to pay for the car behind you, or maybe someone, or maybe when you're driving, someone is walking in the rain and you want to give them a ride home, yeah, sure, go ahead and do those random acts of kindness because that can actually boost your mood, which I'll even talk about later. But for those people who take advantage of your kindness, skip them. Your time, your energy, that's a privilege. Value yourself enough to draw your boundaries and say no. Now, I know I might be coming off harsh here, but it's only because this is the tough love I needed when I was the same empath who thought helping everyone else but myself was going to make me happier. I learned this the hard way. I would give and give and give until I was so entirely empty and now feeling more alone than ever. It's like the whole cup or bucket analogy. Say two people have have half full buckets. One person wants you to help them fill their bucket. And so you, also being a half full bucket, maybe even a quarter filled bucket, starts to help fill theirs. Okay, so now we have one person who maybe has a full bucket and you who's empty. That other person just got their bucket filled. They don't want to help you fill yours because they're barely full and don't put you first. Avoid giving more than what you're able to give or giving to those who simply don't deserve it. Or you'll go through the same destructive cycle. Maybe you have a friend who's constantly being negative or judgmental. This friend has some things to work on themselves. And, you know, this is just not the type of energy to surround yourself with. Simply ask for some space. Maybe you can give them an explanation why. And honestly, if they're offended, that's just a personal issue for them because you really do need to like protect your own energy if someone else is becoming overwhelming. Aside from that, isolating yourself from negativity can mean taking a break from social media. Disconnecting yourself from people you constantly compare yourself to. In episode two, with Sarah Rowe, Jackie Cavins, um, we all talked about the pressures of social media. We all have the choice to allow what we consume to either control us or work for us. If you find yourself being controlled by social media, take that break. Allow yourself to be present and connect in person. Don't get me wrong, I love social media, but as a tool. My social media used to be detrimental to my health. I used to be so scared of posting because I didn't think people would like what I post. Now, I don't care. Well, I should say that... I shouldn't say that because that would be a lie. I'm definitely still working on the fear of judgment, but I would say I care significantly less. 
mainly because I remind myself that everyone else is posting their best and everyone else is still human. Nobody is their social media 24-7. I remember someone messaged me asking how I stay so positive and inspiring all the time when I posted something, like I was probably talking in the video, and I straight up said I don't. (laughs) I would be fake as fuck if I would have given them a bullet point list of how to be positive 24-7. That's just not realistic. I have my good days. I have my bad days. I'm not posting when I feel like shit. I'm not posting when I'm unhappy. But it doesn't mean it never happens. Sure, sometimes I post things that are more vulnerable or I talk about my struggles, but nobody will ever get the full picture of who I am simply from social media. I hope nobody does with anyone because I would hope you're more than your social media. Now, social media mostly has stuff that teaches or inspires me. At least, I'm sorry, my social media mostly has stuff that teaches or inspires me. So when you're taking time from social media, make sure you replace it with something that will isolate you from as much negativity as possible. And now, finally, number four, serve others. Serve others in a way that enforces healthy habits for yourself. For me, I found sharing my own struggles with others and even through this podcast have been have become very therapeutic. The more I actually communicate my thoughts and feelings, whether that's privately with someone or publicly over a platform like this, it actually has helped me be more in tune with myself. It's like when people say you learn more from teaching. By teaching others the lessons I had to learn personally, I actually learned more and more from the situation, especially because we're all consistently growing. So one day when you're reflecting on something, you may not recognize a certain detail. But when you go back and share that story with someone else, you actually might discover something new. It allows me to accept and heal even further while knowing I'm able to help others who may be going through similar experiences and feelings. Someone who struggles with depression needs to reinforce positive emotions. So serving others in this way or when you do random acts of kindness, studies have shown that it does elevate your mood. So as I said previously, it's about who you're helping and whether there's a history of a self-sacrificing relationship. Say you notice someone may be going through something similar and you share your story and how you go through it, the same way I do with this podcast. This creates a shared connection with someone and fills your bucket knowing you are able to help someone else. Everyone always feels good when they're able to help others and see other people's happiness. But let me reiterate, this doesn't mean you should allow someone who constantly takes from you and still comes with negativity to exhaust your energy. These are people you need to protect yourself from. But ultimately, depression tends to be something where we look inward, where we self-criticize our own being and how certain experiences are affecting us personally. The reason why helping others actually helps depression is because when we serve, it gives us the opportunity to look outward beyond our own problems. So, pause. 
For those of you who don't know, whenever I record these solo episodes, I actually just kind of go with the flow. I make a brief outline and maybe have a couple lines where I know I want to make sure I say, but honestly, too much planning sometimes causes me anxiety to be perfect, so that's why I don't like to overplan content or I'll get stressed if it doesn't go the way I planned. But... As I was looking at the outline, I made a discovery and had to pause and do a little extra digging. So the four tips I shared were, one, intentionally release your emotions, two, refocus your energy, three, isolate yourself from negativity, and four, serve others. And what I discovered was this created a little acronym, IRIS, like the flower. (laughs) And what's beautiful about this discovery is that Blue irises are commonly known to symbolize faith and hope. So if you're a visual learner like I am, think of a blue iris when you think of these four steps in your own mental health journey. No matter what you're going through, always have faith and hope and use these four tips consistently with awareness. Okay, now back to the scheduled content. Finally, I just want to share some free apps that you can use to help you cope. Like I said, we are honestly in such a great time for accessibility. The internet and smartphones have allowed us to have knowledge at the tips of our fingers. And I did some research um, and found four apps for mental health that you should definitely check out whether or not you can afford professional help. But say you can't afford it, these are a great stepping stone until you can. Because like I said, nothing will ever be professional help. So the first one is WISA, W-Y-S-A. It's a mental health app and it's kind of like an AI therapy app that has tools that allow you to track thoughts, meditate, relabel thoughts, and more. The second is MindShift. And this one is geared more towards those struggling with anxiety. So this app has tons of great tools like WISA and additionally has a lot of educational resources that help you understand what anxiety is and kind of answers other frequently asked questions about it. The third one is an app called Happify and this is geared more towards depression. It kind of gives you guidance on achieving goals and staying productive. And it also has great tools like WISA that allows you to track and relabel negative thoughts. And finally, Calm. Calm is an app that I use religiously. I use this app to meditate every morning and sometimes at night if I'm having a hard time going to bed. I also use it to give me random mood checks around times that I know I usually feel the most anxious because of work. And it also has other things kind of like soothing music and kind of like, I guess, ASMR, about to go to sleep type stuff. And um, basically, I absolutely love this app, but I will say I definitely feel like this is more of a mindfulness app, whereas the others are specifically geared towards anxiety or depression and things of that sort. So just to wrap things up, I just want you guys all to remember that with anything you are consciously working on, you must be patient with yourself. Be patient and be kind. Things don't change overnight. Just don't give up. Because even if it takes months or years, I promise you, if you are consistent and intentional, you will start to see the fruits of your labor. 
you will notice your results and love the new you. It can be a very lonely journey when your friends or family don't understand what you're going through, but going back to living in a time where we do have the internet, there are communities of people who are going through the, the similar feelings or situations that you are, and you can find these on Facebook or other places, and there are free resources you can find online. People are beginning to normalize mental health conversations. I know some of these tips might seem like, oh, duh, but it doesn't matter how simple they may seem if you don't take the initiative to seek help for yourself. You can even be in therapy, but if you aren't accepting the conversation that happens during your sessions, if you aren't practicing any exercises your therapist gives you, you aren't getting any better than someone who isn't in therapy. Everything starts with you wanting to make a change. I'm a firm believer in doing things for yourself, but if it gives you an extra push, seek that change for your loved ones, your mom, your dad, children, siblings, friends, and more. Please don't write all this off and say it won't work without even trying. You're only limiting yourself from improving because there's always something we can do to help ourselves. But, of course, nothing will ever replace professional help, but don't wait to start making changes in your life. If you or someone you know has a mental illness, is struggling emotionally, or has concerns about their mental health, the National Institute of Mental Health has a ton of resources to guide you. If you or someone you know is in need of immediate help in a crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273-8255 or 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. You can also now use the crisis text line and text HELLO to 741-741. The Lifeline connects callers to the nearest crisis center in the Lifeline National Network and these centers provide crisis counseling and mental health referrals. These services are available 24-7 to serve anyone in any type of crisis, connecting them with a crisis counselor who can provide support and information. So that's it for episode 10, How to Cope with Depression for Free. Thanks for tuning in, and please feel free to share your story, your thoughts, and let me know if this helped you in any way. Any and all feedback only helps me create better episodes for you guys. And be sure to check out all the previous episodes before episode 11 drops May 26. I have a huge guest talking about his journey with mental health that I'm so excited for you guys to tune in for. Until then, I hope you all have an amazing, productive day.